you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Call the fight. It's the best podcast around. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. But all the chairs are filled, and that's the most important thing. Gonzo. (laughs) Which one of us is not the hero in this equation? I think I know. (laughs) Connie Fox, Greg Rosenthal. My name's Dan Hansis. What's up, boys and girls? You're really uh, thrown off here, huh? Listen, this is Sydney's last show. What? Let's keep it right right there. That's right. We have reached the end of the yellow brick road. I'm both honored and really sad to be here. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, we we thought, you know, who do we get? Who do we get for Sydney's last show? Who are the people that mean the most to Sydney? And none and of we them thought, are available. Yeah, Gonzo and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been. It would have been. You're welcome, Sid. Yeah, it would have been great to have the four, uh, the foursome that you've dealt with the most here, but uh, they couldn't make it. Wes has a good excuse. Mark, Mark's busy. He's on vacation. But you got us. Listen, this is an absolutely lovely group of humans, and I'm honored yeah, to be here. That's nice of you. Yeah. Ah, I'm so sad, though. This is a bummer. Yeah. I just right, like, well, way I, to bring it down, Hansus. Well, just keeping it real here. I'm a, I just I'm don't sad. know who this is. I, I don't even know. Who, yeah, who is this guy? John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. This is awfully meta because you have me on to talk about who I am. Can we just stop, stop real quick? Because yeah. you guys have created, I don't think you quite realize the reach <laughs> and scope of your listenership because this whole thing began because Rosie, who uh, is a friend of mine and lives very close, was like, block and a half away. Yeah. Nobody knows. I've been doing this for 20 years. He's like, nobody ever heard of this dude. And then you ran with it and created this drop. <laughs> but Well, I'm just saying, you know, when you're first bringing someone up, you can't, you can't. 
assume that they've listened to all the old episodes. It's 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 called broadcasting. I, I, I like it and I understand, but what I'm saying to you is that you guys leave this bit at the door where it then <laughs> is thrown on to me. <laughs> and this is what I wanted to bring up to you. So, you know, I've been doing some writing for other concerns, and I wrote a big piece for The Ringer. Uh, you should check it out about the uh, road tripping podcast. It's uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry and – Cavs sideline reporter Ali uh, Clifton, and it's a very good podcast. That, was that a humble plug? Yeah. Uh, not so humble, but this is not the point. The point <laughs> is that down. I, I write this piece, and it's about basketball on the ringer, and within seconds, <laughs> my mentions get exploded by who is John Gonzalez. So these people <laughs> are everywhere. You have you have ruined my mentions, and I wanted you to know that. I do love that it, it, we, we get that a lot, too. Colleen gets Across all platforms, Instagram, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is yes. John Gonzalez is like now bigger than John Gonzalez. I don't think so, that's but weird. that's kind of rude. But. <laughs> Rosie has just like completely pushed Again, my career aside. Again, 20-year career, <laughs> writes for major publications, uh, has an Emmy in his back pocket. Look, regional. Regional. Yeah, all right. It's kind yeah, of like, yeah. it's like three quarters of an Emmy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sydney's last day and uh, we did, we took, uh, we took Sydney out, out for lunch. Uh, Greg and I did today. It was a re- really great, awkward Greg moment. I love it. Oh, what happened? Yeah, do tell. Well, he, he did a great job getting a gift for Sydney, but then had uh, a, like this little pink tote bag. And <laughs> oh, no. instead of waiting in, until we got here for, this, for the, the show, he brought the tote bag with him to meet Sydney outside the commissary. And then poor Sydney had to carry this thing all the way <laughs> to lunch, all the way back. And then I waited. I actually didn't say anything during, during lunch. I want to see, will Greg say, all right, Sydney, want to open up the gift or anything? She never opened it, so she just carried this bag. We still don't know if she knows what's in the bag. Have you looked in it yet? I haven't. I haven't looked in it. You can open it, it right now. Right, right here, live on the air? Yeah, do it. Why not? Sure, right. It's a special day. Good audio. It's an audio medium, yeah. but, you know, it's we can we can bag. talk through Jen, it. Sully behind the glass, can you uh, get this on uh, video, perhaps? <laughs> oh, I think Dan was upset that he didn't get a gift, too. <laughs> it's, uh, from it's, from it's, it's from all of us. It's from all of us. It's from all of us. I put a lot of money and thought into this. Here's the play-by-play. Pulled it out of the pink bag. It's in <laughs> tissue paper. Mm-hmm. All, right, All right. We going? We going? This is some great <laughs> podcast. Sydney, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, you can edit this out. Somebody after. tell Sully that you got to hold the phone sideways, horizontal. He's to like, get good it. job, Sully. Yeah, video sideways. Yeah. Oh, it's a lovely picture of all five of us on yeah. the plaque. Aww. And now I'm emotional. The goal is to get Sydney to cry by the end of the episode. Wait, can you turn it this way? When you job. say the five of us, I assume that you mean Colleen and I are in that photo. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, that is nice. All right, we, Sydney, we're so happy to have you for one more episode. Uh, but we have a lot to get to. We'll get back to Sydney uh, throughout the episode. But so much to get to. Oh, my God. A lot what of news. news. First full week of OTA. So we're going to go through the news. John, you've been in Cleveland uh, covering the Cavs and all matters NBA, but I know you've obviously preparing for this spot. Uh, you've been doing a lot of N- uh, NFL deep dive uh, reading and research. I know that. So. Uh, I have done as much research for this pod as I did for Damashek's podcast when we did that, so I am prepared. Let's do it. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, we'll go through all that. We'll also, on the subject of OTAs, uh, Greg wrote a banger. What matters and what doesn't matter? Uh, we just did an NFL Network hit uh, on the same subject, uh, and now we will break it down in depth on this podcast because that's what we do, and uh, maybe a couple surprises along the way. But let's get going. No more dilly-dallying. we got to move forward. Sydney, there are no reverse gears in this tank. Let's do some news. Good night and good luck. 
All right, so let's start with uh, some rule changes in the NFL. Oh, everybody loves rule changes, especially this one. The relax, they're relaxing the celebration uh, rules that have been in effect that have really got if – you, if you follow the game closely, one of the annoying subplots on Sundays, if you're somebody that has to stay plugged into your Twitter or you have TweetDeck, it, beca- it became a part of Sunday that people complaining about flags coming out for different things – and I think the NFL got the message, and they spoke with all these different people. Rog released a, a press release that even had gifts in it uh, showing what was now allowed and all this. But anyway, at the end of the day, you can now do some different things that you weren't able to pl- uh, do before. Roger says, quote, there is now more room to have fun to make after big plays. Colleen. You excited about this? More room for fun. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that this is a thing anyway that we have to talk about. The fact that there was a rule against celebrating in the NFL. But I think that somebody like Von Miller is going to bring us many celebrations. He even suggested that they bring in a choreographer because of all of the linemen, maybe there can be some type of like temptations routine after he's, <laughs> after he sacks somebody or whatever. So it's going to be great. Here are some of the uh, examples of celebrations now permitted. You can now use the football as a prop after a touchdown. You could celebrate while on the ground. Snow angel, baby. And uh, group demonstrations, as as Colleen just hinted at, now uh, also on the table. Gonzo, your thoughts? I'm pro-fun. I, I've been pro-fun pretty consistently my entire <laughs> life. I saw – I did actually see this part, so I'll – I'll get involved here before taking a nap in the corner. The press release had an exclamation point on it. They're already starting with the fun. I'm Oh wow. Right? Like they, they had like, slammers in the presser? They had they Missed had that. an exclamation point right in the headline of it. So that Not knows wrong. you mean that means that they mean business. This is wonderful. This is long overdue. It, I feel bad for Chad Ochocinco and TO. They're probably thinking like They're pioneers. Well, just also thinking like wh- why were you bugging us the whole time? The thing that's a little crazy is you know, we, oh, we've done all this research and we found out from fans that they, you know, they love fun. Literally <laughs> one year ago, one year ago at this time, people mm-hmm. forget this is kind of why this is happening. The NFL instituted a rule of emphasis the entire opposite direction against group celebrations. That caused more flags. That got everyone complaining. So one year ago at this time, the NFL literally was doing the exact opposite, trying to crack down. And I guess they just got beaten down. It also it's it's kind of ironic and funny that something that's designed oh now let's have more fun it was a multi like hundreds of NFL players discussions deep dives about all this on whether or not you should have fun it kind of stands in opposition <laughs> of what fun is it's not fun no it's, twerking though still right no twerking and you can't no pumps no pumps no pumps I, Goodell apparently yeah. tweeted at Keegan Michael Key about that. Yeah, see, because Rog is about fun now. These are the things that are in my purview. Wow, see, I didn't know that. You're more on – yeah. you did do some Well, research. Gonzo reads end around. That's, These are the, that's true. I'm a big fan of end around. Uh, I think that it's interesting, though, that you're saying that the NFL was inconsistent about this point. It doesn't sound like the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you, you still can't dunk over the crossbars, which is all really? Jimmy Graham's fault. Oh, come on. It's all his that. fault. Here's the thing. This, this – like complaining, like the people that are sticking the muds and don't like it, like that's not going to go away because players are going to take this and they're going to go hard 
Yeah, you mentioned. I mean, they're going to go hardcore. Into it. Initially, group, they will. Group celebrations are now allowed. This is going to get elaborate. I, I think it'll be fun to see. Like, but it's going to kind of be like in basketball. You remember basketball? Yes. Do I? Like, it's gonna... no, this is the pod for me. <laughs> right. Let's talk more. <laughs> like, that's what it, it's going to start getting weird and wild, like stuff we have not seen before. And that's going to get uh, that's going to get its own pushback. Who's really going to complain? It's going to be Marvin, Marvin Lewis, Lewis and uh-huh. racist grandfathers. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. Like, like where do you draw the like line? Pete at Prisco. too much fun. I like Pete Prisco, but he'll complain. Where Where is your dad on this? Who, Keith? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to talk to Keith about this. I, I think he might he might be leaning towards the Marvin Lewis realm. Okay. Really? Yeah. I don't, He's I, of a generation that, like, uh, I need my football and none of this nonsense. Yeah, everybody's got – he thinks people should just, you know, act like you've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's cool. You know, we, we'll draft Joe Mixon and let's keep uh, Pac-Man Jones through his – Fifth uh, arrest, but uh, the glaring hypocrisy yeah. is notable. Uh, but who cares? It doesn't matter. We have celebrations again. All I'm thinking about is the reenactments of like all of the celebrations from any given Sunday slash the replacements. Yes. Just well, give me that. And and less of the last Boy Scout. We don't want that. Things went yeah. terribly dark in that one. Um, and other changes to the rules: shorter overtimes are coming to the NFL in 2017. Team owners approved shortening overtime in the preseason and regular season from 15 to 10 minutes. At the Spring League meeting in Chicago on Tuesday, the approval comes after the proposal was initially presented to owners uh, in March at the annual league meeting. And I, why, Greg, make sense of this one to me uh, because I don't get it. The only thing to me it promotes is more ties. Nobody likes ties. Why? 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 It's weird. I think it's like a half measure on the way to doing something else. Like the either getting rid of overtime or making it so that there's just one possession each because they clearly they're not comfortable with that much football being played and then maybe you have a game Thursday but it's like what does five minutes do? Yeah, this is a less exciting. Well, it's not going to change much either. Me. But yeah, they their whole thing is from a safety standpoint, an overtime could lead to potentially eighteen to twenty more snaps it, in a game and yeah, if you're playing on a Thursday night and that's a Sunday night game, like everybody remembers the awful Cardinals Seahawks six six tie last year sitting through. That, that was a great game though. Oh that was one my of the best God. games of the year. I mean, I guess so. No, but it wasn't. That, Jesus. It was. The guy, the guy, like, foot, and Greg, I love you. Football heads like Greg. Go to self. Don't bring that up around Greg. Yeah, Greg and Wes. Like, everyone, <laughs> no. everybody was saying how amazing that game was. And, yes. It had a lot defense. of drama. There was stuff There was, was stuff happening. It was the, the game time. that would never end. It was also bad field goal kickers. So what's so fun about that? That that was part of it. I, I would have taken it five less minutes. I know we're that. getting bogged down, but this, this OT thing has brought up a pet peeve of mine, which is, <laughs> A lot of people are like, well, there only would have been two games that would have been affected last year. Or I've seen you know, some articles like these teams would have made the playoffs if this rule had been instituted before. Like, no, everything is going to be different. You can't go back and say that's how that game's going to be played right. out the same. It's kind of like when a guy makes an out in baseball and they said, well, if he hadn't made that out, you know, they would have driven those runners in. Like, no, everything's going to be different. Strategy will be different. You try to finish these games off quick. I like the baseball analogy there. You know what I'm saying? People always say that. Uh, if he hadn't made that error, they would have scored. If Bruce Arians likes it, then I like it. So Strike three, you're out. <laughs> I like the cross-pollination of sports on this podcast. This is really good. Two quick things. You said uh, 18 to 20 more steps. Did you do math on that? Well, yeah, that's like that's what it would be. Wow, patronizing. I figured that was. I don't do any numbers. I figured that was from this the press. Really impressive from the press release. Or something. Um, Dan doesn't do numbers either. I, I did. You know, Gonzo, I once got a thirty-nine on a state-mandated math test. That is higher <laughs> than I would have expected, and I'm proud of you. The other thing is, this whole overtime thing is broken. Period. Uh, the idea of I like overtime. 
Well, I like overtime conceptually. Who doesn't like overtime? Yeah, and execute. I'm talking about execution-wise, like the rules that are currently set up, where it's, hey, if you get a touchdown on your first drive, you've won, and that's that. That's stupid. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, all right, they need we to. Got, hey, Conzo, we got a lot I have to, to get stop. To all right. I don't want. I don't want to like put a clamp on you. Mm-hmm. But don't, we got to keep it's moving. It's okay. Don't you clamp can. me, man. Can you, Colleen? You've been together for how many years? 10, 12 years, something like that. This is a great Over. question. I don't know. He uh, he has the answers to any dates and do, years. Do the subtle husband wife thing when you're trying to get the other person to shut up. Okay. Sh- Every once in a while. There. Oh, it's not subtle at all. No. Uh, moving on. One other rule change. <laughs> now you can send uh, two players uh, to injury reserve and the designated to return uh, thing, which changes the strategy a little bit. And that feels like a uh, a good thing. Who's going to complain about that? Are you, Greg? No. All right, good. Oh, so the Make boomerang one? Is this the IR boomerang yeah, situation? Two, a double. Bo- now we have a double IR boomerang. You can double boomerang nice. it. I like a double boomerang. That's good. Reboom. Reboom. Moving on. Odell Beckham. Congratulations, buddy, uh, because you just uh, scored the biggest contract of your life. Has nothing to do with the Giants either. On Tuesday, Rapsheet reported that Beckham re-upped with Nike in, a, in what is the most lucrative deal ever for an NFL player. Uh, and Gonzo, this is where we can lean on you, especially with your basketball knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Five years, $25 million, which I've always seen as a cursed contract going back. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot about that. To theory. Neil O'Donnell with the Jets. Danny Tartable with the Yankees, and Danny there are several Tartable. other through the years. If you sign five for twenty-five, you usually your career goes down the tubes. I don't know why. I hope that doesn't happen with Beckham. But my point being, five for twenty-five is nice money. In fact, it's more than the Giants are paying him under his current rookie contract. And then a guy like LeBron has a lifetime deal with Nike worth reportedly or rumored to be over a billion dollars. Why such a huge discrepancy? I mean, he is LeBron, right? Like, he's the mo- yeah. one of the most famous athletes on the planet. No disrespect. Right, who's the but fine, you could, you, could get, you could say James Harden. Wh- whatever James Harden's contract is, it's right. astronomically more than that Odo Beckham. I th- yeah, uh, basketball tends to go that way because, you're uh, again, the visibility, uh, you're not wearing helmets, the shoes. You, like, how often are you wearing football cleats as opposed to basketball sneakers? You guys know I like sneakers. Harden got a $200 million. There you go. You can wear them around uh, And you can actually wear life. the same sneakers that James Harden or LeBron James are wearing on the court, right? You, you, could, you could do that as same. opposed to the cleats. Like, yeah. You're not wearing cleats right now. That would right. be weird. Plus the helmet. So Howard Eskin does that. You see the that. face. That's true. Howard Only eight ti- 16 times a year, you know? Yeah. Howard Eskin in Philadelphia, who's a known Philadelphia. Just He's like the Eagles really sideline reporter. Make oh, we the know super Eskin. parochial. We know. Uh, he will <laughs> wear cleats on the sideline because he says it's better for his oh, like great. back cleats posture. It's and weird, beats. Man. Cleats and beats. <laughs> And he and he coordinates them with his outfit. I'm sure he's never been mocked for that in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, it, everybody uh, gives him a passport. Five for twenty-five, though. Like you said, that's good money. That's like around the NFL money, right? Like yeah. it's basically well, his the current same con- contract. His five-year rookie contract with the option that's already been picked up for the fifth year, eighteen point eight million. Yeah, that's like what you get. That's me. what Sydney yeah, in that realm. Sydney Roughly. turned that down to leave this place. Mm-hmm. She yeah. doesn't need it. She's no. got all the money she needs. She's got a signature show, I think. New money. You still haven't. Have you worked through your GoFundMe money yet? Or are you still living off that? Oh, I'll live off that for several years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, ESPN. It, very interesting piece by uh, Seth Wickersham uh, about Richard Sherman and the Seattle Seahawks. The headline: Why Richard Sherman can't let go of Seattle Super Bowl loss, and it really details uh, everything that's happened with that franchise since Malcolm Butler. 
and and focused on Sherman, how his his high intensity, uh, it's a high wire act behind the scenes in Seattle, and it it's it had rubbed the team, sometimes teammates, the coaching staff, front office, the wrong way, and it all kind of led to what happened this spring where he was on the trade block and it got to the point where the team and the player both acknowledged that that was happening, which was very rare. Uh, Greg, uh, I know you read this piece as well. I thought it said a lot about how volcanic that team is. And and to me, I read it as they're still obviously a NFC superpower, uh, but how much time is left with this core when it just seems just, there's just a lot going on behind the scenes. I really recommend reading it and, the animosity or bitterness between Sherman and some of the defense and jealousy. Russell Wilson. Just jealousy is what was the most interesting thing that it really goes back a little ways that, that the way that he's kind of treated almost as part of management, like that he's the favorite one, even though the defense is the really the reason that they've won and the way he's handled certain things. I mean, they're talking about like him asking teammates to sign a non-disclosure agreement wow. before going into his box at a baseball game, yeah. I Wait, believe really? it was. Yeah. And like them complaining that his like Christmas gifts that he gives out to the linemen <laughs> were just uh, first class tickets on his spot, his Alaska sponsor, Airlines, Alaska Airlines, yeah. which is his sponsorship. So they're like, big deal. He didn't even have to pay for that. They're just giving he's just giving away a sponsor. It's like so there's something where they just don't like him. And and Wickersham, who I think is a really good reporter, he said he thinks it goes be- beyond sort of the normal. Hey, this guy's the star. That's the quarterback, like normal jealousy to something a little deeper where it's just like they, they just don't like him. They it got, it's to the point where saucy. Yeah, in the piece which Michael Bennett <laughs> That's got to be a drop. <laughs> <laughs> isolates it. Um Michael Bennett who, you know, I don't really care what that guy has to say, but oh. he did go out of his way uh to to rip the writer saying he was surprised and how it was a TMZ Stop. type report. Richard Sherman went on the radio and shot it down. But I think the, the Wilson stuff is fascinating, including a, a, a part in this piece where it said that he's kind of seen as a phony, which other people uh, outside the Seahawks have a similar viewpoint. But there is a vibe in, within the Seahawks that the team wants to see him exposed as being a phony, like an A-Rod type of exposing situation, which how can that be healthy for the goal? If the goal is winning Super Bowls, so your quarterback to become a vilified person in the media and in the public. But that's how kind of deep this is. Ugh. Yikes. This is messy. It's almost got a Mean Girls aspect mm. to it. But yeah, fair. even from the stuff that we've seen with Russell Wilson before, with all of his posts and things with Sierra, I mean, that just seems so forced and staged. Yes. And, like, he's trying to prove himself. And to me, it's really annoying. Like, whenever I saw the things that he was posting with her, I was like, oh, my God, I just feel like he's trying way too hard. He doesn't have to. He's an NFL starting quarterback on a successful team. Why? This has been a thing for you. I know, it is. He knows it. Well, their relationship. Yeah. Uh, but you're not the only one. I don't know if you guys know, we're married. So we sometimes like... <laughs> kind of your it's bit. Weird. Yeah, it's yeah. thing. Yeah, they're taking our bit is number one. But two, but like <laughs> as a couple, clearly we pioneered, pioneered that bit. But like as a couple, you sometimes have to think about like what you're going to put out into sure. the world. Sure. The The... You know the all-time greats at that are John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, and then you go down, down from there. <laughs> okay, uh, say all-time. Oh, they're amazing at it in terms of social media. I, I mean, do like, how like long, really love them. Yeah. Like, how, like what kind of history do we have of uh, and social, social media, media no, self-promotion? I mean, you of could couples. go Jay Z and Beyonce. Jay Z and Beyonce transcend. About transcend. Dimaggio, Monroe. 
Yeah, okay. You so might be dating. We weren't, we weren't there. We weren't there for that. Okay, dating myself. Current, maybe. What am I, 90 years old? <laughs> in his youth, he used to DiMaggio. And- <laughs> now, DiMaggio, that was a ball player. Not like the players we see today out there. By the way, uh, that was an excellent Damashek doing Hansus. Oh, yeah, you just yeah. Did, you just did him doing you, so that was pretty good. Yeah. I, by the way, I didn't love, I have to be honest, I didn't love the idea of, of uh, Gonzo and Fox going on the Damashek show. Wow, what? I didn't love it. I didn't love it. This is I, I detect a yeah. little jealousy here. Jealousy maybe not the word, but I'm glad that you're here now. I Listen, I have love for you guys, as you know. We're yeah. friends. We hang out outside of your work. I don't yeah. work here. Uh, I also love Damashek. There's plenty of – you don't have to fight over me. There's plenty of me to go around. <laughs> this is not a Richard Sherman, uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson situation. The, the entire piece, and I know we got to move yeah, on. Yeah, we should definitely move on. I, okay. I mean, <laughs> it does, we should talk more now. about you and Sheck sharing us. <laughs> Please. There will be no sharing. It's time to make a decision, and I want it at the end of the show. That's what I'm saying. It's like a blood oath. Wow. Oh. We're, we're going like, to cut our hands and, and do that later. Blood brothers. <laughs> Great. Uh, moving on, the Super Bowl is moving. Uh, at least the Super Bowl. Doesn't it every year? Yeah. I, I should state that better. Uh, Super Bowl 55 is moving. Mm. Uh, supposed to be in L.A., but L.A., you know, we freak out a little bit when it rains. And L.A. Fr- freaked out so much about the winter of uh, uh, rainfall that we just had that now we can't even open a facility on time. So what happens? Back, the new Inglewood facility pushed back a year to 2020, I believe. Is that right? It got pushed back because of the rain? Yeah. Yeah, because of the there was uh, a lot of stage rain. of development. The rain like, filled up the – Big the big old hole fly over when like you a pool. come into LAX. Um, so they needed to fill the slot, and what did they do? They don't go to New Orleans. <sighs> what a missed opportunity. They were booked. Whatever they booked. This is the Super Bowl, Had man. Conventions or something. Uh, so we get, it goes to Tampa. Uh, Tampa will now host uh, the Super Bowl in 2021, which means, I believe, back-to-back years, the uh, the biggest game on earth will be in Florida. How about that? Tampa's no fun. Tampa's fine. Not to throw shade at Tampa. I like the Tampa Super Bowl. A little bit of skyscraper guys shade there? at Tampa there. What was that? I can't even remember at this point. You got Ybor City. You can walk around. Tampa's fine. There are much worse Super Bowl cities. I do like that Tampa. it will be warm. I support it. <laughs> pro- <laughs> wow. Okay. This Stamp ra- of approval. This is a radical pro-Tampa position that you've staked out, <laughs> but all right. Uh, moving on, the, br- the Browns. What was that? Saints-Colts. Great. Oh, no, that was in Miami. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the no, the awful Raiders. No, what was the game that was in Tampa? It was. Who cares? Uh, moving on, the Browns have hired Ryan Grigson. Wow, hey, this wait a is second. crazy. That's a little bit weird. Uh, Ryan Grigson, of course, who was fired uh, after five years as the GM of the Colts, and uh, was most famous, I would say. Well, two things that he's famous for: one, being lucky enough in his first year to draft Andrew Luck with the first pick. A no-brainer move. Also got T.Y. Hilton that year, but let's calm down. Yeah, didn't he win top exec? Then? He did. He he did, which is kind of strange. But And then his other famous move came in 2013 when he traded for Trent Richardson uh, and gave up a first-round pick, and Richardson was a colossal bust. Uh, egg on Grigson's grill for the rest of his tenure there. Uh, and well, the Browns blew it, too, because they ended up drafting Johnny Manziel with that pick. But – Anyway, the Browns have now hired Grigson in the position of senior personnel executive. Uh, he answers to Sashi Brown and Sashi Connie. Only the Browns, right? It's weird. They're hiring the guy who they swindled, 
and everybody mm. saw it happen. And now he's going sort of back to to that point. It's just an odd pairing. I also, a divisive figure that hasn't made a a lot of, or I wouldn't say he might have a lot of friends, but he has made some enemies, including, for instance, their former punter in Indianapolis, Pat McAfee, who quote retweeted the news of this uh, hiring by the Browns with just ha 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 ha. <laughs> some people don't like the way Grigson operates. That's that's not a good thing when you get that retweet. Uh, this uh, knowing uh, Mark Sessler, how I do, I think he is delighted that he is not in the office and not on the podcast in which <laughs> it was announced oh, no. the Browns were hiring Grigson. Because I don't think he's going to be, ha- be, gonna be happy about this. He's not you know what? Happy about because this. I will say that of all the individuals that have been ripped by Mark on this podcast, Grigson is right near the top of the list. So This makes me excited. Yeah, now. we'll have to hear from his, he's his thoughts He's also reporting to a guy who used to report to him and Andrew Barry, who's their VP of player personnel. They I, used to work together in India. I mean, he's you're a very well, knowledgeable uh, woman. How about that? You know all about this guy. I Connect think, the dots. I think this is – I have a theory on this. I think that this is a little quid pro quo, a uh, little kickback, right? Ooh. You helped us out. We're going to get you like in that. the same way that if a politician uh, does something that a lobbyist wants, he gets a lobbying like, gig thereafter. Greg Bone. Yeah, we want to thank you, Ryan, for getting us Johnny Manziel. Here's a job. <laughs> we took, you took Trent Richardson from us. Browns. Here you go. Uh, moving on, Victor Cruz. He got a job. And speaking of, I wish Mark was here for that last one. I wish Wes was here to talk about Victor Cruz staying in the NFL. Uh, he signs a one-year deal with Chicago. The team announced uh, he sent out um, a Instagram of himself photoshopped into a Bears uniform. Let's calm down a little bit. But was it a good Photoshop job? Uh, B minus. Okay. Put it at B minus. Uh, and and he's of course coming from the Giants, where he he was kind of a legendary strong, but one of the more famous figures of that franchise in the last ten twelve years. It ended poorly with the Giants, which really surprised me. In fact. Uh, Victor had an interesting conspiracy theory about how his final season at the Meadowlands went. La Cid. Halfway through the year, you're like, okay, I'm balling. Then the other half, I'm not getting the ball. And you're just like, well, what's going on? I was like, okay, I, I see what's happening. They don't they don't want me here anymore. Let's say I played well. and I'm a 1,000-yard receiver last year. They would have It would have been more difficult from a fan perspective to cut me. Right. And if I played well, they were due to – you know, they owed me a ton of money that next year, so it was like, we, let's give, let's get Cruz off the books. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so that would explain why you were open so much and weren't wasn't getting the ball. I'm glad you said it. So it's political like that. <laughs> even more, even more it's than you strategic. think. Uh, okay. Uh, where was that? The Breakfast Club, by the way. Yes. Okay. Um, That's amazing. Uh, let's let's break this down. Victor Cruz believes that the Giants, at some point midway through the season, decided that they didn't want to bring him back and they needed to depress his value or his standing with the fans uh, uh, by taking the air out of the ball, essentially, on his season, which I would think would negatively affect the New York Giants since he was still getting snaps. I also don't remember Victor Cruz being open a ton last season. This is the part that I really – that's the part of the conspiracy that I really like because not only did – thinks thinks Eli's in. Eli is part of the conspiracy. (laughs) And in in real time, Eli Manning, who has enough trouble being Eli Manning under the best of circumstances, must then calculate not throwing the ball to an open (laughs) receiver. I love this theory. I'm on board. This this entire interview is well worth a listen, and uh, one of the editors on our desk – 
Austin Knobloch, who we call El Chapo Blanco because he's a cold-blooded assassin. He's a badass. Rightly man. called it Victor Cruz's retirement speech. That's what this interview <laughs> was because it, it – I don't know if the Bears heard this before they signed him, but it just felt like listening to this just – I don't know. You don't, you don't want him on your team. And by the way, he was a favorite son. Of, sure. of the Giants and, and the fans. He was a guy that came out of nowhere, a, a Rutgers guy, grew up in North Jersey, and he blew out his knee in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. on Sunday night, and they stayed true to him after a failed comeback attempt. He even threw himself a, uh, a welcome back party uh, and then didn't play that entire season. Giants stayed with him that entire season, kept him a part of their offense last year, even though it was, it was clear that he wasn't the same guy anymore, and then this is how they, he gets he repays them. Come back to us, Vic. Since Wes isn't here, I'll, I'll point out something he might have, which is that he's probably not going to make this team. I mean, the Bears don't have a good receiver, so it's as good a team, you know, it's as good a chance he has to make any team. He'll be fighting against you know, Kendall Wright, maybe, is kind of maybe oh, for man. one spot, but... But it's an uphill battle for him to, to keep it going. It's like typical career. disgruntled wide receiver talk. I like that in but the absence of Sessler and Wesling that you have channeled both of them in this podcast, Rosie. So he's impressive. A pro. We've good. done a lot of these now. We've done a lot of these, and Greg is a shapeshifter. Who on this pod? <laughs> also the strong silent type. <laughs> Who on this pod said that they aren't going to write about Victor Cruz in the offseason? Didn't somebody have him as their? Wes. Oh, it is right. Wes. Yeah, okay, Wes was... has major issues with Cruz, and I always kind of had a soft spot for him, but now I'm not feeling as hot about him anymore. Uh, let's move on. Finally, some sad news in the NFL. Uh, Cortez Kennedy uh, was found dead in Orlando uh, on Tuesday. A former Seahawks great, was 48 years old, drafted Third overall in the 1990 draft out of the U. Uh, he had an incredible 11-year career that ended with a Hall of Fame enshrinement with the Seahawks. Uh, 58 career sacks. Pro Bowler eight times. Five All-Pro selections. That's the one to watch. Get five All-Pro nods. You are one of the players of your generation. And he played on the Seahawks uh, at a time when the Seahawks were kind of a team that was just floating in the ether of the NFL. They were in the AFC uh, for most of that tenure, and, and he was the, the 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 shining star during the throughout the '90s. And Sean Alexander um, uh, spoke uh, with NFL Network uh, about Cortez Kennedy. Alexander was kind of the next guard that came through in terms of face of the franchises, and he talked about how um, Cortez Kennedy was proud about uh, being part of the Seahawks' lineage. Even when I think about just this last season, the playoffs, it's me and him and Jacob Green watched sitting in the locker room, and you could see how proud Tez was of where the Seahawks are now. And, and to see, like, from Jacob Green to Tez and to passing it to me and to watching, you know, Russell and Sherman, all these boys playing at such elite level, um, we were all very proud, and we still are the Seahawks now where they are. But Tez is he's just a big fixture for that. Uh, Kennedy told Stacy Dales at his enshrinement in 2012, now I can say I'm a Hall of Famer and say, woo, I'm in, baby. I'm in for life. Cortez Kennedy, 48 years old. Very sad. It was really well liked. You know how good you – I mean, you have to be an unbelievable player to win Defensive Player of the Year on a 2-14 and 14 team. That wow. Might, that might never – happen again when they did the all 90s team he was the starting defensive tackle and he was you know looking at the team it's him and John Randall he's probably the the number one defensive tackle 
uh, of the 90s. It, it's sad, and he's a young guy. He's 48 years old. The, the cause of death is still undetermined. Like, no one it, knows. It, 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 it caught a lot of people by surprise. He was actually – loosely working for the Saints because he's close with Mickey Loomis, their general manager. He he goes to the Saints facility a lot and kind of consults with them, so it took a lot of people by surprise. I put him on the Andre Dawson All-Stars. Dawson won the NL MVP for a, a dreadful Cubs team in 87. Uh, when, you could, when you're that good, when you can transcend being surrounded by suck, that tells you a lot. I like the Andre Cortez. Dawson All-Stars. Yeah. This is nice. And yeah. so many people who – talked about him there's so many quotes out there they're saying what a great football player he was but he was an even better person and that he was so well liked good dude loved by everybody absolutely uh moving on god this is not a great transition but we got to do it mm. elevate your underwear <laughs> oh no just have the sometimes it doesn't bounce that way <laughs> to the next level with me undies what is me undies what is it <laughs> Oh, just seriously soft feel-good undies delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced Mike Amendal, a fabric three times Ah! softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft lugged undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tell your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What? You're wearing them? (laughs) Yesterday I was. You can save time Ah! and money. Each month with a monthly subscription. I like that, Sid, you're getting them out. This is your last chance to get out of Orson. may never hear that again. No, no, no. Sid's no. <laughs> not leaving anything on the table. No, nothing left. <laughs> Just not, every, not in the whole No there. regrets. Just empty. <laughs> and if you're not ready for uh, Sully, you taking notes behind the glass? This is what we want. Drop another one, Sid. Ah. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay, bro. You can still save. Uh, that's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You know why? Why? <laughs> you deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. Do you guys get free graft? Do you get undies? I have a lot of questions about this. I know that we have to move on. Yeah, we got some swag. Do you, so they send you a box. Do you have to tell them ahead of time, like, whose size is what? Or do you guys just, like, fight over whatever size you, no, they you fit in? It's my favorite it's email that I've got. I got an email from a shadowy league figure asking <laughs> me my underpants size. I was like, all right. I know. I, I feel like I know where this is going, but I'm going to find out either way where, where, where it's going. First it of all, turned out well, to be underpants. One. That's great for you yeah. in, in the short term because you get free underwear. Yeah. Two, later on, who knows, like some sort of discrimination. You'd be like, did you see this underwear email I got from the shadowy Email trail, bro. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, see, you know what it's like working in corporate America. Even though Greg acts like you don't exist. I'm aware of these things. Underwear and corporate. This guy's been in. He's- John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who's married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. That drop was a GC. It's a good call. It's mm-hmm. a good call. Uh, I recognize that you've been in the business of show in Thanks. the realm of sport for 20 years. Right. I'm adjacent to it. Yeah. All right. Before we move on to our OTA segment, uh, let's get somebody on the horn. Uh, he is a man that. Uh, he has me undies, right? He does. In fact, he was a man that never wore underwear. Mm. Famously. Went commando. Is this right? Oh, yeah. Oh, years yeah. and oh, yeah. years. years. For all we know, decades. I was on the road with him for quite a while, <laughs> and I wish you guys had told me that. Like One beforehand. layer of denim separated you from <laughs> oh, the man. man's 
nether region. All right. Uh, but it all changed once he tried on uh, MeUndies. And now he is on the line uh, from his his house in disarray somewhere in southern Los Angeles. It is Mark Sessler. What's up, buddy? Hello, my friend. <laughs> Mark, we thank you so much for coming and calling uh, calling in on your on your uh, vacation. You know it means a lot to us. But you know it's important for you to finally, uh, I don't know, bury the hatchet with Sydney in this her <laughs> final show. Well, let me tell you where the hatchet actually <laughs> lies. Oh, no. Sydney is an ultra talent who we were lucky to have grace us with her presence as a producer for two stints. They were pristine. The hatchet lies with an NFL media managerial contingent that could not compel her to stay in time. That is where the hatchet lies. I could go on, but it would not be good for my career to go much further. <laughs> don't, don't get fired, buddy. these individuals. Yeah, well, I mean, well said. It is Mark. It's well said. We we wish it would have worked out differently. I think it should be said uh, uh, that Sydney has landed absolutely on her feet with a great new job uh, back at home in Utah. So everything is great on that end. But Mark, do you have any uh, Sydney? Why don't you you and Mark talk it out? This is your last chance to talk on the show. Uh, we'll, we're going to get out of the way here. Hey, Mark. Listen. <laughs> Earlier in the season. You know, there were some Carrie Underwood things that went down, and I just would like to apologize for that <laughs> right here publicly on the air. I like that you limit that only to this season. It's happened multiple times. <laughs> My concern for you, Sydney, and it really is just more of a a brotherly, big brotherly concern, is your materialism. You are I, – I saw what happened to you in Los Angeles. You came here, and you saw the listen, a little bit of recognition could – propel you into a producer's chair, and then when suddenly the car breaks down, you have some mishap with some sort of material object, listeners will swoop in and they'll pay for it. They'll just carry you around on a cloud. I mean, maybe we think a little bit about our concern with money and material objects. You were going back to a very pure place, Utah, (laughs) just was there in Salt Lake City in the airport. I can smell the purity in Utah. Maybe get back to that wholesome place. If, If I were you, just Maybe shrug L.A. off of you. The smell of it, the stink of it, and the man- managerial stink. There is, yeah, there is <laughs> something to it, the kingpin uh, type uh, analogy here that, or parallels where you were the Randy Quaid uh, in this scenario and you came to L.A. and you're around all us dirtbags and now you got to get back. In, the, in that movie, it was Amish country. Now in this, you're going back to Utah <laughs> where you're, you're away from all this filth. And that's a good thing, right, Sid? Yeah, going back to my roots, trying to remember, you know, who I am and where I came from. So. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and working at at Brigham Young University. I mean, basically the purest place on earth. What about Disney? Yeah, I mean, ugh. It's a good point. Sydney. I did see, like, a massive, like, cropping up of Disney images on Sydney's Instagram and other various social media accounts. That part's going to get washed away, but I do think you're going back to a really special place. I, you know, listen, I return to work with an ax in my hand, an ax of fire, and it will be aimed at management. <laughs> Sydney, I know you're not serious. This uh, ends when I say it ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> The thing I 
I like about this stalker analogy <laughs> is maybe Mickey will follow me home. Well, you know. And I'll have Disney at home as you're, well. You're almost giving Mickey mixed signals. Sydney, <laughs> knowing that she's leaving, she's not wasting any time. She's on a flight Sunday morning. She's out of here. She has been to Disney World three times in the last six days. Is that right? I mean, really? Disneyland. I she she is She's getting as much, many Wednesday. trips in. I'm watching you Good right you. now. You turn around and Sully's dead with 14 stab wounds. <laughs> he just reenacted it for he's, you. He's, he's hanging upside down in the uh, production he's chamber. He's using the axe of fire. Uh, Mark, uh, by the way, Mark, your thoughts on Ryan Grigson um, being hired by the Browns. Real quick. Well, as long as he's stashed deep down the org chart, just like in our own company, I'd be fine with that. Very, you know, hard to make high-level decisions if you're deep down on the ladder. I don't – overall, it's just, it's a little disquieting. I I didn't need that on my vacation. <laughs> and, uh, all right, fi- any final thoughts, Mark, uh, before you go? Sydney's last show today. I wish Sydney well. Sydney, you are we, – we've had, I think at this point, 16 to 17 producers. <laughs> we've had some good ones. She is at the top of the list, and – no matter what the decision, I'm very happy for you. I think you're going to go on and do great things. And I hope you come back and visit us. And Sydney, we love you. And uh, there is no axe. The axe is for someone else, and they're going to feel it. <laughs> wow. He's <All> terrifying. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. All right. Mark, enjoy the rest what of What a farewell. Your, uh, vacation. That was, that was like both. Extremely sweet and yeah. terrifying. <laughs> as that's John. Mark. That's Mark. Yeah, that's show. exactly right. Yeah, that's why we love him. Um, all right. So there you go, Sydney. How was that? That was great. I feel at peace now. Th- mm. That's been resolved. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a good place. The uh, Carrie Underwood thing. What, uh, what? Can you just refresh my memory on that? Um, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I'm just trying to jog back and. I wish you would hit him with one before. Remember. Oh yeah. That would not have been good for, you know, (laughs) (laughs) closure mark relations. Um, Hit us at some point during the show, Sid. All right, let's move on. Uh, It is time to talk about Greg wrote a banger. He's not going to brag about it, but I'll brag for him. What matters and what doesn't during OTA season? The first full week of OTAs are in the books. And we're going to go down a list here and really dig in uh, 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 with what's going on. And, uh, you know, like I said. Should people really be paying attention? Let's start with Brock Osweiler. All right, Brock, who, of course, now speaking of the Browns, uh, is John, Just I just want a basic baseline. Give me an idea. Do you know what's going on with Brock Osweiler? I do. This okay. is something I know about. It. it was a very NBA trade because they wanted to clear oh, yeah, some space. Right? Yeah, so I know absolutely. all about this. Uh, Barnwell predicted it. Yep. Uh, and it came to fruition. I think it's amazing. I also think it's amazing that Brock Osweiler still believes in Brock Osweiler. Like, good for you. I guess somebody should. Some some people believe there are people out there that believe that the Browns might even read Bill Barnwell's column. Yeah. And then and followed that path. But anyway, Brock Osweiler is now in a situation where he's either the second or third string quarterback of the Browns or won't make the Browns. Uh, and he, he met with the media and a lot of things have changed since last year when he was the unquestioned number one guy that was supposed to be getting the Texans over the hump. So he had this slightly awkward exchange with a Cleveland based sports reporter. Are you good enough to be a starting quarterback in well, this league? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Why? <laughs> I, I think the proof is in the film for the past two years. But, I, but some people would say the proof is not in the film from last year. It's okay. You said that's okay. That was awkward. 
Yeah, he wasn't as bad as I expected. The reporter didn't need to come back with that last. Yeah, the reporter's got to calm down a little bit. He was trying to seek out a confrontation with the guy. Um, so, but he I got mean, buried for that. What film from Twitter. last year would you believe in? I will tell you what the film is. He, I think, what he's getting at, and he got killed on Twitter for this. And okay, rightfully so. Uh, and Wes and I have had our battles about whether he led the Texans to the playoffs. But he had some moments. I'll, I'll cite the game in uh, Mexico City wow. uh, against the Raiders. I'm not saying he played great or the anything. The laser game. The laser game. Uh, so he's probably thinking about that or a couple other moments. They were all in the Denver. Season. There were no moments in my mind, really, in Houston. Okay. If he, if maybe in his mind he said the film the last two years, so he's definitely including Talk that. About his mind. That Denver film got John Elway to offer him $16 million a year, and it got Houston to offer him $18 million a year. So people thought he was pretty good. Let me make it clear. I'm not saying the proof is in the film. Right. Trying to think I what know. he was thinking when he had a couple of moments here and there last year. But I mean, for the most part, way, he gets paid $16 million, so I guess he could say whatever he wants. But that's also a – like as reporters, right, I've I've – been at a lot of these and you're talking to athletes and like what do you expect him to say what right Hansis was saying about, like he was trying to get the reporters trying to get a little nugget like a little conversation a little confrontation going if you're Brock Osweiler what are you supposed to say no man I suck you are right right I can't believe they and traded he said that. for me that was a bad idea yeah. he said that later too he's like you wouldn't have any respect for me if I said I want to come in here and be a backup and I say yeah, this little exchange doesn't matter, but this whole Brock Osweiler thing does matter a little bit because listening to Hugh Jackson, like I, I just see that Brock Osweiler is going to be starting games for them. Maybe it's not week one, but I think he's going to get his turn. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it, Greg. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Sheldon Richardson, uh, the Jets defensive tackle, the embattled. Jets defensive tackle. He's been on the trade block for about six months now. Still a member of the Jets. He showed up uh, for OTAs. And, of course, if you're a Jets fan, you know very well that after the week three loss against the Chiefs, that is the famous Ryan Fitzpatrick six interception game, uh, there was a big confrontation between Richardson and Brandon Marshall in the locker room after the game. It got so heated that Todd Bowles had to come into the locker room and, and shut it down from becoming a free-for-all uh, full fisticuff situation is how it's been reported. And and that was, and again, this is the story of the 2016 Jets, that broke the team. They, the locker room was done after that and only got worse. And Sheldon Richardson spoke with reporters for the first time, and uh, this is what he had to say. He clearly wasn't ready to completely move on from how he was portrayed last year. Locker room's a whole lot easier to get along with now, so. Y'all so thirsty. Oh man, y'all so thirsty. I just said we got 15 reasons why it ain't why it's better. Couple things. Wow. Brandon Marshall was number 15, uh, so there you go. I don't know who the the woman was in the background that that ne- felt the need to compliment Sheldon. Well, well, done. well done, well done. It's like unnecessary, uh, but it was. All a right, nice I think there line. were guys also complimenting him too. Oh, you know, you don't have to turn yeah, this into uh, you know, a woman's rights issue. I'm talking about <laughs> that particular woman, eh, a little over the top, a little OTT. I'm going to help you out here. Yeah, go to ahead. back away from this part of it. Yeah. Did you do the Jets lead the league in locker room? Fight? That's two yes. years in a row, right? Didn't Geno Smith. Geno oh, Smith Gino, got yep. cracked. Yep. Uh, I love that about the Jets. It's 
consistently the most interesting thing about them. Their dysfunction <laughs> makes them interesting. I love locker. I mean, frankly, I'm. This su- happens with the Eagles. It happens too. with everybody. The only thing is, how often do you hear about it? I mean, it's not unusual to have a locker room fight. It's more unusual for it to get out and for us to hear about it. But when it does, with the Eagles, it's usually for us, to beat reporters. That also happens. Yes. <laughs> not players. Yeah, doing that, it. that's yes. a, one of my favorite subplots. I loved him saying, <laughs> I loved him saying "y'all so thirsty" because so he's. That's what this whole article or idea was sort of about. Like everyone is so thirsty for information in May because people are such big football fans. Even though there's not real news to talk about, now that they're all back on the field, we just have to, like, make up a lot. That's fun, We're thirsty. That's absolutely. Right, it's fun. There's a difference between... There's a difference he between... He gave us what we wanted, too. He gave absolutely. a great answer. Absolutely. There's a difference between the reporter... Well done. In, ...in Cleveland. Well done. ...and the reporter at and in Jersey, I thought. Yes. But it is the same type of thing that people are just want new info. They want to spin forward. Uh, it could have been a man. Like, it, you, if you think about it, it is wild. Like, in the, people say, like... I think as a whole, everybody in there was Right. People are saying, fault. like, journalism's in trouble. <laughs> like, you know, we're all going to lose our jobs. Meanwhile, there's 35 people in the Jets locker room, like surrounding their defensive tackle on May, you know, 20th, oh. because guys are out practicing in shorts. They're not even playing football. They're just kind of like jogging around, and we got 40. But doesn't matter. It's brutal. That's brutal being in the reporter's role, though, at this time yeah. of year, and you're in there and you're searching for something to yeah. talk about and write about and report on. It's awful. It's like in the comment section, you'll see somebody say, "Oh, it must have been a slow news day." Like two. Yeah. Months. Yeah, yes. it was. It literally <laughs> and what are we was. supposed to shorts. do? <laughs> uh, I would say it does matter. Sheldon's got a little fire in his belly and maybe Ooh, a chip on his shoulder. He's playing for a contract. He sure is. Uh, moving on, a couple notable players back on the field. Let's start with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk, who is coming off his 7,000th surgery. Uh, this latest one was on his on his back. Of course, it wiped out the back half of his uh, 2016 season, and how much do we get? What kind of – I'm looking it up right now, actually. I'm curious how much he's actually done. Uh, he's out there. He's been cleared. He's on the. He was on the field to practice, so that's a really good sign. And what I really th- – I honestly feel this way, and my Patriot hatred runs deep, but Gronk I've always liked. Um, and Gronk, I feel like this is a pivotal year for him. I feel like if he doesn't stay healthy again – and the and the Patriots are as as we know pretty hardcore when it comes to business decisions. They might say you make a lot of money. They just restructured that deal. Uh, we don't know if we can deal with another you of, of you being hurt. He's been hurt a lot. The the foretelling of the end of Gronk is in your predictions, like your lineage of amazing predictions, like right next to the Tom Brady prediction. <laughs> this is great. I love that you're calling your shot on this. I'm not. I, I don't want it to happen because I like Gronk and I, and I want him to be on the radar. But it, how much how much does his body have left uh, when it, it seems to be breaking down every year now? Well, I, I think the Patriots are worried about it. I think you're thinking the same way. He's not a normal – he's not a regular – what is he, 29 by now? I think like, he's younger than that. He's 28. He's, uh, yeah, he just turned 28. Just turned 28. Not a normal 28-year-old in terms of you would not expect his career to last another five years. I think that's fair. His body right now seems uh, good enough to celebrate a touchdown with a reverse chest bump, as ESPN <laughs> is reporting. So Wait, I think a, that's What's solid. a reverse chest bump? I, I don't even know what that no means. no idea. That would be a back bump, wouldn't it? Yeah, right? Wouldn't the reverse of that be? Uh, I think it matters, though. I say this that matters. Back on the this field. is kind yeah. of the only th- – almost the only thing that does matter in OTAs is you get proof of guys, whether they're healthy – 
or not. He has had very few off seasons where he's been on the field. So J.J. Watt is back doing everything. Gronk is back on the field doing everything. Keenan Allen's back on the field doing everything. That's like proof because the coaches don't tell you anything. They're never straight. So right. you only know it if they're if they're out doing it. And you, by the way, you're throwing me some like sexism shade, Colleen. Did you see? <laughs> yeah, that's. Did you're you see? Really, you're really upset. By no, that. I'm just it saying. A it, no, because it's. A, I, I'm transitioning to um, the. It's a good transition. Yeah, to Rob Gronkowski's latest video. Uh, oh. was, yeah, he was in a new video uh, with a Vegas D- DJ. Who is that, it? Tiesto. No, I wouldn't put him uh, quite at that level in terms of popularity, but he is. He does his thing on the on the strip. Is this the song, or is this? This would this be what the song like. might sound like okay. if we had even the slightest uh, uh, amount of wiggle room for playing music uh, that has copyrighted on the show. Even right. though we absolutely could, right? We have to play this. Let's turn this up a little bit. Is Gronk like in a tank top with glow sticks and champagne? The, it would be a mesh tank top, I think. Yeah. yeah. The video, Colleen, since you asked, uh, it's amazing. It is about um, a dream he's having. He's trying to talk to a woman. The artist is three loud. Uh, he's trying to speak to a woman at a bar in Vegas, but his mind keeps on drifting. And the things that it drift, drifts to is uh, doing a, a car wash with a bunch of bikini-clad women, <laughs> oh, uh, being being the centerpiece of a sushi dish. Um, uh, Wait, uh, they're washing him and not washing the car. Him. It's weird. Soaping him up. He, he, he French- this looks like a Hot Boys video from when I was in high school. This looks like definitely every- has sort of a yeah a callback, either 80s or early. It looks like 2000s. every Hardee's commercial ever. Yeah, and then it ends with a pillow fight in a bouncy house <laughs> oh, uh, with no. women in lingerie. So, yeah, let's go after Gronk. Leave me out of this. I w- wow. That's what I'm saying. Gronk gets a lot of passes for being Gronk. Uh, on the other hand, like what I w- if he was gonna do something. Um, smarter and more sophisticated and clever, that would be entirely off-brand. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't just giggling at certain numbers. He has sushi all over him right now. Yeah, it's very strange. That's like a Sex in the City episode ripoff. What do you think his business um, manager, like, if if you come to Gronk (laughs) with an idea... And, yeah, Mojo Rawley, that wrestler that he's best friends with, shows up in everything. They're pouring soy sauce on It's very strange. Do you think his business manager has ever said no to anything? Does he have a business manager? Well, know. he obviously is coming up with this. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater trying to make it back from that devastating knee injury he suffered last August. Uh, the Vikings posted a video on Tuesday afternoon, a 40-second clip that showed Bridgewater uh, making progress. Uh, it was all in slow motion, but taking various drops, firing footballs uh, during OTAs. He was wearing a, a large uh, brace and sleeve on a surgically repaired knee. Uh, this one, Greg, this one matters, right? Because there there was talk. We still don't know how ready he is. Everybody's wearing shorts. Uh, but just the fact that he's on the field at all tells us that he's made progress from August until now. Yeah, it's a huge surprise. It's, a, it's strange how it came out that they released like a hype video, essentially, with like inspirational music. But, the you know, it happened was on it the like day Bronx? that... No, no, no. Different. Not no really. sushi in that one. It's a little different <laughs> than, than Gronk's. Like, they were, they wanted to make it clear the next day that he's not practicing. Like, that was sort of part of his rehab. He's taking some reps as part of his rehab, but he's not really out there fully practicing. He just got cleared to move laterally. But it sure sound, it sure looks like he's going to be playing football. And people were talking about that it could be a career ender. Yeah. Again or this year, you think? 
when you say I, he's going to play. There, not even, there, why even guess? Yeah, there There's was no real. There was a real thought out there that he was done, done, done. Yeah, like it was that really serious dire. of an injury. And it could still be the case, but we're seeing signs of progress. The one thing that works in his favor, when you see these type of catastrophic injuries, a lot of times it is the skill player uh, running back. We saw that with uh, Marcus Lattimore, Willis McGay, who actually came back from it. But usually it's in a position where it's – vital to have cutting ability and speed and you never get all that back. Bridgewater is probably never going to be the same athlete as he was before. Who knows, but probably not. But at a quarterback position, you might be able to survive this. Yeah. Dante Culpepper actually had a similar injury. He didn't, he did make it back. was never close to the same player. No, I just saw your reaction when he mentioned Dante Culpepper. It was... oh, no, I was just thinking what, what Dan said that he was not the same player. Bridgewater was a great scrambler. I mean, the fact that he's on the field now, I would, you would think would give some hope that who knows, maybe maybe he would be playing at some point again this year. Yeah, I think a lot of the worry, too, is about possible nerve damage with the ACL like uh, Jalen Smith had. But it doesn't look like that's going to be an issue. GC, GC. GC, don't, GC. No, don't give into this. GC <laughs> is not a thing. It's totally a thing. Um I don't know if have we talked about it on the podcast John Gonzalez. You did right. No, I was yeah. gonna try to give GC a backstory, yeah, but yeah. I've been shamed for trying <laughs> to give backstories in general, so I, I decided not to. Good call, GC. That's GC, a, tell that's a, thing. Tell the world, Gonzo. Put it on a t-shirt. Let's move some units. It it's is on, on a t-shirt. t-shirt. You guys came uh, for the 40th birthday. Yeah. Uh, you saw a number of things, not the least of which was uh, one of my friends made a t-shirt. His buddy Staley did it. Yes, now, yeah, both, and he gave Staley. one to me, too. I'm like, it's not a thing if it's on a T-shirt. Staley. Either. Hey, Staley. Nice tea. <laughs> <laughs> Moving That's on. That's a direct quote. Eric Decker. Speaking of surprises, Eric Decker uh, participate, participated in some Jets team drills, uh, wearing a non-contact jersey, but was moving well, made a diving catch at one point. Everybody's excited. Uh, Eric Decker stuck on a bad Jets team and a subject of potential trade rumors as well. Kind of makes sense for him to get moved. But if if he's not going to be moved, uh, him being on the field in May, uh, you know, it, it tells us that he'll probably be ready for the start of the season, which was also not necessarily assumed when he first went down with a double shoulder hip surgery uh, last season. ESPN, that matters. ESPN New York was saying that you could miss all of training camp as recently as two months ago. Yep. So he's definitely beaten that. By the way, I definitely think Eric Decker – uh, if he's healthy and it looks like he's going in the right direction, could help a contender in a big way. And we don't see wide receiver trades in the middle of a season a lot, but could see that maybe you can move him to and get a team that really wants looking to get over the hump hump on offense. Maybe get a second or third round pick. Yeah, I don't know how much it matters in terms of like the Jets since they're rebuilding right now, but because there's so many young guys, especially in that wide receiver group. I mean, you look at them. There's so many rookies and second-year guys: Quincy Inunua, Robbie Anderson. It's a kind Darius of a good. Stewart. It's not a bad. It's not a bad group. They have a lot of bad positions. They have receivers. Groups. I was gonna. Wide I was just gonna mention terrible. this. They, you were all about their wide receiver group last year, and now still. By the That's way, right. I was I was were. really big on Quincy Inunua. Yeah. By the way, bad job. He's good. By your Eagles. Mm. Inunua, a Temple guy, correct? Yeah. Undrafted. He's in your backyard. I talked to DJ about this movie. Anderson's first. a Temple guy. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Anderson. Excuse Wait, me. Wait, where did Quincy Inunua go? I'm not sure. Where, he was not actually drafted. But um, Robbie Anderson, who's another Jet prospect I really like, uh, a Temple guy, undrafted. And I remember That's talking to Sticks job. before the season started, and he was like, the Eagles are having major wide receiver issues. This guy's a little playmaker. 
and they just let him go. They're just waiting on Nelson Aguilar to remember that he has to catch the ball, and then they're going to be fine. It's going to be great. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Roberto Aguayo. You know I'm excited about this Bucks kickers This is situation. You talk about this all the time. I can't freaking wait. And John's clapping his hands. I'm, this is the You're gra- pumped up, too. Uh, this is wonderful. I love this guy. Roberto Aguayo, the second-round pick, a uh, kicker that was the second-round pick of the Bucks last year. Let it rip, Sid. Listen, I'm tired of the kicker talk, too. So. Oh, oh, wow, she's going to shut you down. Oh, no. Well, at least sing it, though. <laughs> me? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's a good All point. right, hit it again. You can hit me on it again. I don't care. I won't freak. Oh, Sunday night. <laughs> that's it. You're fired immediately after this show. Um, Roberto Aguayo, uh, one for four, uh, kicking on narrow uprights on Tuesday. Mm. And uh, Nick Falk, who is the veteran, brought in with a $700,000 guarantee coming his way. Bang, four for four on field goals. Uh, so right away. Call it a, it's over. I mean, I'm not going to say this matters, but it certainly doesn't doesn't not matter. Oh, let me go ahead. be the one to answer that. Oh, it matters. It does not matter. This is the most matter of all the matters that we've had in this question. It's a kicker conversation about this poor guy uh, who was drafted way too high and stumbled through various concerns last year. Now can't even make it uh, without any pressure. So he missed three kicks. Oh, and that's the end. He missed three kicks through an upright that was eight feet wide. As drama in the NFL goes, it's quarterback competition. And kicker, kicker competition. competition. It's There's, tough. These are on the narrow goalposts, too. Like, there's articles on Deadspin. You wrote an article. The Tampa Bay Times is like, it starts off his season on the wrong foot. Like, what happened <laughs> on, on the wrong foot? Like, what happened Nailed on it. Wednesday and Thursday? Maybe he made some kicks then. It doesn't you know, matter. This is the problem with the OTAs. No, well, that is, it does you don't speak need to daily a problem. Updates. It does speak to an issue, but I think it does matter. It's not the end for Robbie, but it does matter for his confidence, I think, because then it's That's already reported. shot. <laughs> well, it's not getting better. He, here's a here's a dispatch from JoeBucksFan.com. Uh, <laughs> who, who do, they do a nice job covering the Bucks. I like Joe Bucks. Fan. Uh, here is – Talk to Joe Bucks fan many times. All right, enough. Here we go. You ready? Here's the exact dispatch from JoeBucksFan.com. The, <laughs> the first clanked the first clank the right field goal post from 30 yards. After his third effort, practice went silent. You could hear a pin drop. 90 players plus coaches, many just BSing and drinking water during the kicking period, we're quiet. This, this is a thing. This is a real this, thing going this, on with this team. This poor kid is two months away from hurling whiskey bottles at the wall. It is coming <laughs> up fast Aww. on him. Hey, wait, I w- and I actually have a, I have an exclusive. Uh, this is this is an ATN Media Insider exclusive. You didn't think I had it for this, but I ATN Media Insider in the morning. I, we're going to take you inside Robbie Aguayo's head during those four field goal kicks. Ready? Mm-hmm. I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. That's it. That's my it's not good That's in it. There. It's not good in there. You don't want to be in that guy's head. It's a tough situation in there. What are you, what are you looking for? You're looking for him. Well, I, uh, I was wondering yeah. what it was like when he when he did make that one. I was wondering. Dan, how'd you get access to that? It's pretty good. I don't. I never reveal my sources. I will tell you, it was a triple source situation. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Moving on. Aaron Donald not at OTAs for the Rams. And please, Greg, shoot this one down. Yeah, this is this was on my list of things we don't need to cover over the next three months so we can be short. Like, spoiler alert, he's going to sign the contract. 
We don't need daily updates. We, it doesn't really matter that one of the best players in the league isn't practicing in shorts and voluntary work. In the end, he's going to sign the contract and we'll all move on. He's really good. The Rams know he's good. The Rams know he wants a new deal and he deserves the raise. So they got to do it to get him back on the field. Uh, Novaro Bowman expects to start. And why is this notable, Greg? You wrote about this. Why is Bowman uh, saying that he expects to start? Uh, why is that something that we should care about? Why does it matter? Well, I thought it mattered that Kyle Shanahan came out and he made it clear Navarro Bowman, who's pretty much the biggest, best leader on that team, the, the best player on that team for many years, doesn't even have a starting job guaranteed. He said one of their good players is not going to be playing a full complement of snaps. He was talking about him, the first-round pick, Reuben Foster, Malcolm Smith, who they gave a lot of money into in free agency. And it's just kind of that new coach move that, like, if you weren't here before I got here, watch out. Don't they all have to do You're that? on the radar. Watch it, Gonzo. You're pointing at me. I was not here. He's on the sonar? Gonzo's not on the sonar. <laughs> Good. No. That'd be weird. He's, you know, he's ha- nice enough to come in here. We're not paying no. him anything. Bowman's going to be That's on a the good field. Point. You're not paying me. He's doing a great <laughs> job. Now you tell Wait me. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, OTAs. <laughs> what's, what matters? What doesn't? CJ Spiller says it's, quote, been a while since I felt this good. No. This is always. No. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. CJ. Gotta close Trope it with alert. Trope alert. Love Trope, Trope alert. alert. Yeah. I've been burned so many times by CJ Spiller in the past, too. Mm. It's funny that CJ Spiller trope is a specific trope alert. Like, yeah. CJ Spiller is his own trope. <laughs> Article 14B. Within a trope. Right. It's a trope within a trope. Right. Article 14B of uh, the trope commandments is a CJ Spiller comment <laughs> around this time of year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It always happens. And people are people are buying this one too. I No, they're reading not. some of the articles, Kansas City and Road World. Like people are they're Every like, year. Oh, this time. This but time. did you get in on the ground floor for the CJ Spiller fantasy season of two thousand twelve? Because I did and I enjoyed myself, but he's never approached. That was the only time. Ever again. That was the only time yeah. that he did anything that you expected or hoped CJ Spiller would do. Um, all right, there you go. Um OTAs, we, we told you what mattered, what didn't. We're here to help the audience. That's what we do. Gonzo's earning his money. This is a big show. And here. finally, yeah. Double my salary. <laughs> and now it's time. And now it's time to say goodbye. And uh, I hope you have boys to men queued up. Um, well, we do have something. something like we do that. have something queued up. Uh, if 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 you could, Sydney, this is your last day. I just want to end it uh, a little tune. It's been seven hours and fifteen days. <laughs> pretty good since you took your love away are you doing a duet right now (laughs) (laughs) i go out every night and sleep all day i have the same line again i think here since you took your love away Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) since you've been gone i can do whatever i want I can see whoever I choose. That's swingy there. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. But nothing. I said nothing can take away these blues. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> compares. Nothing, nothing compares. compares. 
to, to you. you. <laughs> <laughs> this this was all worth it. There you go, Sid. Yeah, that was for you. We could keep that playing underneath. But it's we time got, to say goodbye. We got through that, though. I think pretty pretty good. Well, sometimes you just think, you know, what were all the weeks and months of practice and rehearsals worth it? And then <laughs> it, all it all comes together. It was like Take e a bow, Easter still. Sunday. It was like, wait, you're going to spend time with the family. He's like, no, Colleen and I have to rehearse. Like, I don't even like to sing happy birthday. And you make me sing on the pod almost every week. Yeah, that's true. Sid, um, we're so sad to see you go, but very excited for everything that comes next. You are a four-person Mount Rushmore, and you will be missed. You, you will. You really are the best producer that we've had. We'll miss you. We'll keep in touch with you, of course. But uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we had this time, and I'm glad you're going on to, to better things. We love you, Sid. And anytime you ever want to go to Disney, I'm here for you. It's <laughs> the best offer I've ever heard. Yeah. I will be lost without you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get away from me, Sid. Oh my God. Ever. Uh, it's just getting emotional. And then... <laughs> uh, Sydney, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much because I'm going to get choked up. It's fine. Um, going to miss you guys. Where's you did it. You made Aww. me cry. There it is. Right. Oh. A little ding would be good. Miss you too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the end of an era. And Derek Carr, by the way, is an excellent quarterback. Yeah, the I, Raiders should, are going to go far this should year. should absolutely they mention that. They are a great team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sid, we love you. We really do. And we're very happy for you. And next time I see you, I expect you to be married to a blonde-haired man with, and have two kids. <laughs> She's going to come back as our boss. Yeah, we'll come back with the family. You could stay with my family um, in, in Culver City and then go to Disneyland all weekend. Perfect. All right, good. Love that plan. Uh, all right. That's it. That's the end of the Around the NFL podcast. And the end of an era. Let's face it. We will move forward, but we will not forget our great producer. That's it for the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, so enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, everybody here in the States and uh, overseas. Just enjoy your weekend. Have a good time. Treat yeah. yourself. Go to the beach in Ireland. Yeah. Like one of our listeners. I love it. This is Dan Hens is signing off for Gonzo. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate this was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Connie Fox, the old boss. And there she is one last time. Nothing compares to you. New Sid. money behind the glass. Nothing. See you, girl. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 